Greta. I'm Ryan. And this is Work Feels. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians on the lands on which we work and live, and we pay our respects to Indigenous elders past and present. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the All-Staff email, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is where we discuss our hopes and dreams for the future and general things that are happening in our lives and in the world. Ideas, news, trends, topics. Uh, So how's life, Ryan? Life is good. There's um, been even more life updates since our first episode uh, came out. (laughs) Tell me, Ryan. Break the news. So I got engaged. Ooh, congratulations. Thank you. It was very exciting. Took a little bit of a surprise. Okay, so you had no idea it was going to happen that day. No, no idea it was going to Just an, a regular beach day. Just went out to a, a beautiful beach, walked through a national park. Just thought just thought we had like, you know, drinks and food and, and all, the es- all the essentials in the bag. Didn't know there was a cute little engagement ring hiding in that bag. Oh, and yeah, it was lovely. We, Lucky um, you didn't go to unwrap all the cheeses and then unwrap the ring. Oh, and then the ring flies out. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he kept that very hidden. It was just lovely. Nice, nice. And did he get down on one knee and say some cute words? He he did. He put a lovely song on, and I turned around and he was on one knee, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was so shocked I like couldn't I like couldn't say I was like happy and shocked but I like didn't say anything and he's like say something (laughs) I was like yes 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 (laughs) but yeah that was beautiful way to start the year yeah congratulations very exciting thank you so yeah, that's that's definitely my biggest update. Other than that, back back at work. Just got through the first week of work, which is always a struggle. <laughs> On Monday, my brain was like, how do I do my job? <laughs> it took me like a good two to three days to be like, ah, oh, yep, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just got to warm up those brain cells, really. Mm-hmm. Ho- holiday mode is a real thing. And I mean, we haven't had a proper holiday for the last couple of years being... Stuck in Sydney with uh, lockdowns and COVID the following year, so... For sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't think I would know how to apply myself for a full day of work. I haven't done that in a very <laughs> long time. <laughs> I'm more of a, um, a stints gal. I like to do a good three hours, four hours, and then that's me done for the day. <laughs> They do say, though, they do say that when I say they, I don't know who they are, but I have heard that we're really <laughs> we're really only productive for about four hours of the day and the rest is sort of meetings and faffing and research. I mean, all essential to a job, but real quality work, apparently it's about four hours a day. Oh, yeah, Absolutely particularly with just the amount of disruptions depends what what your your role is but the amount of disruptions that I get in a day like the notifications the people coming over and talking to me yeah and I'm just like oh my god 
leave me alone. <laughs> like, I just want to. I've fully embraced the um, the new do not disturb modes that Apple has, like all the different modes. So I have like the work mode, which is good, where I can like turn off a lot of my notifications, which I've embraced this year. I'm like, okay, I've got to turn some of these off. Ah, so there's a mode on your iPhone. So I'm an Android user. You can put on like, instead of just your regular do not disturb, you can create like custom ones. So oh. yeah, I have like, I have I had a fitness one and now I have a work one. Okay. Very late to the game. <laughs> and, and do you screen me out on work mode or do I get through the firewall? Oh no, you're definitely screened out on work <laughs> mode. Sorry. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. No, pretty much everyone is screened out except for like work emails and Marcus, basically. Okay. Okay. No. Mum doesn't even make the cut. No, mum doesn't even make the cut. (laughs) It is good though, because I feel like I notice a massive difference. Even if you ignore a notification, the fact that your phone lights up, Mm. my watch like vibrates or lights up, it stops the flow. And it sits there at the back of your mind. You want to open me. Open me, open me. I'm a pointless piece of information. (laughs) 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 Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I have do not disturb mode, which I love. But now that I have a baby, it freaks me out if I'm not with the baby. Yeah. So I'd have to have whoever's got the baby would have to get through my firewall. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and speaking of Bryn, how's little Bryn going? Oh, he's good. He's now three three months and he's uh, advancing into the next size of baby clothes, which cute. is very exciting. Very cute. Uh, yeah, no, he's doing well. He's doing well. I'm getting to the coming to the end of my maternity uh, leave payments from the government. So the government pays you for 18 weeks after birth or I think you can take 18 weeks in total so you can take it before the birth if you wish or up to a certain amount before the birth yeah so I'm coming up to the end of my payments the end of February and that means that I need to think about going back to work what are your thoughts on what did you say it was 18 weeks what are your thoughts on 18 weeks as like government support do you think that's adequate I don't think it's enough to be honest uh, they are changing it. There is uh, some legislation that I think it's been passed or is going to pass, which will increase that to 26 weeks, I think. Mm, okay, I was, just, I was just about to say, is this a, um, a labor, a labor Albo policy? Yes, Albo has pulled through and is... Uh, Albo. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to boost it a bit, which is great. All right. I've got some quick stats. The top 10 countries in the world for maternity leave. Estonia is 62 weeks of maternity leave. That's incredible. That's amazing. Croatia, 58. Bulgaria, 58. The UK has 52 weeks of leave. Herzegovina. Herzegovina. I don't know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) Probably sound very uneducated. Montenegro is 52, Albania 52, Ireland 42, Macedonia 39, and Norway 35 weeks. 
Top 10 worst countries for maternity leave. The United States of America mm. is number one with zero weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just insane. Top 10 for paternity leave for all the uh, father figures and secondary parents, non-birthing parents out there. Um, Korea, you get 52 weeks. Sweden, you get 12 weeks. Slovenia, 12. Iceland gets 12 weeks. Also interesting that this list is like basically the top 10 were like all in Europe and the UK. Yes. Unless I'm unless I'm being very geographically stupid listeners. <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone in that list yeah was in Europe. Mm, yeah. And quite surprising and that shows my cultural bias. I was surprised that Estonia was number 1. I would have thought it was a Finland mm. or a Sweden or something like that. Yeah. So I guess it's just perhaps a reflection of the importance that a, a culture places on those those first few months and that first year of, of um, parenting and raising and nurturing babies. Anyways. No, yeah, definitely. I think if we invest government money early on through parental pay and free childcare, we're setting little humans up to have the very best start in life. So we went live with our first guest episode a couple of weeks ago where we interviewed Irfan and Juju and it was a huge episode to tackle first up. It was more, what did I say to you? It was more like we produced a small documentary rather than a podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) It was investigative journalism, everyone. We uh, had to piece together a lot of things. Hats off to Edda for for doing the hard yards with all the editing. Came together beautifully and we're, yeah, very, very proud to have that one out there. Yeah, it is a huge episode. So we wanted to release it in two parts, even though at the end of the day, it's, it's, doesn't make it any shorter to have it in two no, parts but it, it perhaps, doesn't. perhaps it's less daunting to get started on it <laughs> if it's not an hour and 40 minutes long yes and a huge huge thank you to everyone that listened um either most or all of the way through congratulations and yeah. from here from here on out we're going to get a bit tighter with the edit and uh also not interview our guests for quite as long. <laughs> That's right. I think we definitely got carried away. How but there's you, so much to cover. How could you not though? Exactly. When you're talking about racism in the workplace and cultural diversity, you can't really just cut that short for convenience. Yeah, like the biggest the biggest issues basically facing humanity. It's hard to um, cut those issues down to a tight, a tight 30, you know? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And Irfan is just like, I could, I could listen to him for hours and hours and hours. He's just like literally an endless source of knowledge. It was absolutely incredible talking to him. Yeah. I think we just scratched the surface with him. So, yeah, if if anyone is looking for any kind of unconscious bias or anti-racism training for their workplace, reach out to Irfan from Kind Enterprises. Or just even like further, further learning if you were inspired or you feel like from the last episode that you want to learn more. Yeah, definitely. Have a look at Kind Enterprises and and all of Irfan's um, books as well. Has he got two books? Or three? He's got three, I think. I think he's got a book and he's got two books of poetry. Amazing. Yeah. I've just ordered another round of books because they are such excellent gifts. And 
I'm taking a different approach to my gifts this year. I'm going to be organized and pre-purchase <laughs> gifts and birthday cards. So if someone's birthday comes up, I just go into my birthday box and I pick out a pre-purchase gift. A little bit less personal. Sorry to anyone who's going to receive a birthday present this year. But it helps me to actually have a gift for people. And um, I think one of his books is, is an, an excellent gift to spread around. Speaking of our first episode, yes, I wanted to share some very exciting statistics with you, Ryan. Please do. We had someone come on board our mini podcast team to transcribe our episode. Thank you very much to Peter who came to transcribe. It is, I think he said it's about 17,000 words, which he read word for word. So that was insane. <laughs> Wow. A, a novella. A little novella. He sent through some very exciting statistics. So the number of times that we said um in the first episode was 275. Wow. <laughs> the number of times we said uh or uh is 111. The number of times we said like 147. That's like crazy. <laughs> totally um, like crazy. Like I'm um, so totally crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, team. Now we're going to have a quick chat about uh, what's in the news this week in the working world. What's in the news today? Edda, what's our news topic for this week? Okay, news topic. Definitely been all over the airwaves and probably heard way too much about it. But ChatGPT, GPT, is um, in all of our feeds and everyone's losing their minds, particularly universities and schools. So ChatGPT, for anyone who doesn't know, is an AI chat tool uh, that has basically almost a Google's worth of knowledge in its system. It doesn't have all of Google in there, but it has some ridiculous amount of data in, in its um kind of machine. Mm -hmm. And you can just ask it anything, anything from, you know, what's the weather like in Australia to please write me an essay on unconscious bias and it will just produce it. And then you can even say, after you've asked them to write the essay, you can say, what's the refer reference list for that essay? And then it'll spit out a reference list. So essentially, it is potentially going to replace Google in some form because you can just ask mm. it questions and it summarizes multiple sources and gives you an answer that sort of rather than having to scroll through Google and look at various sources and figure out what to trust, this aggregates a whole number of sources and gives you an answer or gives you a blog post or gives you an essay with yeah with all of the information that you ever needed so for example if you jump onto our website I put up a blog post on psychological safety that was written by chat GPT and uh, I've written at the bottom of the blog, blog post that it this is written by an AI as a bit of mm. an experiment because I think that it's a weird kind of ocean that we're navigating at the moment because it sort of feels a bit ingenuine just to put a question in 
and get a a blog post out and then put it on your website as if a lot of thought and effort has gone into a blog post. But what I thought it was really good for was just the basics. Like this is what psychological safety is. Here Mm -hmm. are some of the key points or key drivers within psychological safety. And this is what we need to remember if we want to achieve psychological safety so it's a really good summary of the topic I wouldn't say it's an a masterpiece or a particularly engaging article but it yeah I think it's a it's a, a really excellent starting point if you don't know what psychological safety is to kind of bring you up to speed so that was written by an AI it's on our website and we'll probably do a few more of these foundation topics and use chat GPT until we realize or figure out maybe it's not the right way to go. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? Yeah, so I think AI has obviously been around for quite some time now, bubbling away in the background and probably in more things than, than what we care to realize as just your average human. However, the most recent iteration and kind of application and, and way that it's um, really captured the attention of the world's media. And then when you, uh, when you sent it to me, I was like, uh, what? Mm. <laughs> I think you sent me just a paragraph first and then a few paragraphs. And then you sent me like the whole essay version. And I was, my, my mind was absolutely blown. I could not believe that this thing... And how long did you say, like, the essay one took? Like, 30 seconds? Yeah, not even. Wow. Yeah, it's so quick. I think it's definitely going to force universities and schools to rethink how they assess. If this mm. if this is openly available to students, it's free. But the thing is, it's so kind of perfectly written but it's also so boringly written when i read through the psychological safety article it has zero flair it has zero personality mm. it really does feel like it's written by a computer so it's not as engaging to read through but when you're writing in a university setting there is this academic writing style which is quite boring and it doesn't have any mm. flair so maybe this is really well suited to academic writing however human storytelling and engaging blog posts or you know pieces of literature that require a bit of artistic touch or a bit of flair or a bit of personality i'm sure it will get there because you know what i I googled how uh, I googled I put into this chat AI write me a LinkedIn post Mm -hmm. just to do a few test runs and I said I want to announce my podcast on LinkedIn and (laughs) that's right you you sent me the plain one and then a a, a fancy one (laughs) yeah and then yeah and then I asked them to write me a blog post I mean asked them to write me a LinkedIn announcement about my podcast which it gave me a very generic but lovely easily wording easy to read and then I thought oh it's a bit boring so I said (laughs) same but use complex words just to see if that would it would add in some kind of interesting words and then it came up with this hilarious version which was almost like 
an English person from the 16th century or something. It's so funny. I'm just, I'm literally going to scroll, but I just want to read a tiny bit of the fancy AI. It's, I think, listeners, if you want to do this just as an experiment, it's quite hilarious. Could be some good workplace chats, you know? Hey everyone, I'm so excited to finally share with you the first episode of my podcast, insert podcast name, (laughs) my co-host, insert co-host name, (laughs) and I had such an amazing time recording this episode and we can't wait for you to tune in. In this episode, we're chatting with Juju and Irfan about insert topic. These two are incredibly knowledgeable and it was such a pleasure to learn from them. Anyway, et cetera, et cetera. So that's your average one. And then this really got me. This, this gave me the lols. When Edda sent me this one. <laughs> All right. And now this is when Edda asked it to do a... What, what did you ask it to do? Just I just said same, you, but with complex words. Use complex words. Salutations, esteemed listeners. I am exuberant <laughs> to finally unveil the inaugural episode of my podcast. Insert podcast name. In conjunction with my co-host, insert name, we had a truly remarkable time recording this episode and are eagerly awaiting your auditory consumption of it. In this episode, we engage in a discourse with Juju and Irfan pertaining to, insert topic, these individuals possess an abundance of, well, I don't even know this word, erudition on the subject matter and it was great pleasure to partake in their wealth of knowledge they proffer a plethora of sagacious insights and personal anecdotes which we are convinced will be of great value to you our esteemed listeners (laughs) I think this would be great if you're writing an email at work if you write like a <laughs> emails are no longer boring. Emails can emails be are excellent no longer boring. Entertainment. If you're looking at some, you know, first second week back entertainment with your colleagues, this could be a hilarious way of making a fancy email. Maybe even just like the Friday lunch email or Friday drinks or something. My esteemed colleagues, I do request the pleasure of your company joining me for a gin and tonic. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. Oh, my God. Yes, yes. Maybe we should publish a few um, Friday lunch emails <laughs> for people to uh, copy and paste to uh, bring some joy to the workplace. Yeah, if you, have, if you haven't used this, um, we'll, we'll pop the, the, the link, a couple of links AI links into the the show notes of this episode. Yes, yes. Yeah, I think we're only really scratching the surface of how hilarious our lives can be with the support of this open (laughs) chat system. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I guess it raises a lot of issues in my mind for, yeah, educational institutions having to then get some serious technology to counter the use of this and i came across a really interesting article on dizine which is one of anyone who's in the design world will know dizine one of my fave um, design websites 
and they were talking about AI and the trends for 2023s. And Tom Dixon, who's a really famous British designer, designs extremely beautiful interiors and objects, and he he designs everything. He's said that AI is the biggest threat and opportunity that the profession faces in 2023, which I thought was really interesting because it it does it does present so many opportunities for us to make things faster, for to help us get things done, um, mm. to for technology to assist us in the way we live our lives and and predict what what we want and need. However, that then brings up all of the potential issues in my mind of, you know, what kind of bias does, what unconscious bias does AI have? Mm, yeah. And also just is probably going to make us a bit lazier. In yeah, this aspects. is what I think. As soon as you sent me those articles, I was like, Wow, is this the death of the essay? <laughs> is this the death yeah. of is this the death of the report? Like sitting there writing a report or writing a really long email or something on, on yeah. Something. When I think about writing, you, yeah, I've been paid to write a lot of blog posts in my time. If I could just import a number of my blogs so that it could read my style and mm. essentially pattern recognition the way that I write and then spit out a blog post or a piece of writing on a topic that I require using my style, my flair, my personality, then I don't think that anyone's going to pay me to write blog posts. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, people could pay me to write blog posts, but my creation process is going to be you know, 10 minutes and I'm not going to get paid very much for that. Yeah, I, I think there's probably some roles in society that are definitely under threat from technology. However, does mm. this technology give us the power to then be able to solve bigger issues and and different problems and cr- it, it therefore then creates even more jobs? Yeah. To do things that weren't yeah. possible without the assistance of that technology. Yeah. Can I read another passage? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, this sorry, I just found this on Twitter. This is from Thomas Petasek, who posted this on Twitter, I think. They asked OpenChat AI to write a biblical verse in the style of the King James Bible explaining how to remove a peanut butter sandwich from a VCR. (laughs) (laughs) And the AI says, It came to pass that a man was troubled by a peanut butter sandwich for it it had been placed within his VCR and he knew not how to remove it. And he cried out to the Lord saying, O Lord, how can I remove this sandwich from my VCR? For it is stuck fast and will not budge. And the Lord spoke unto him saying, Fear not, my child, for I shall guide thy hand and show thee way. 
Take thy butter knife and carefully insert it between the sandwich and the VCR and gently pry them apart. And with patience and perseverance, the sandwich shall be removed and thou VCR shall be saved. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, so this is like this full-on blending of a particular tone and then a particular circumstance and then a particular topic. It's, it's pretty incredible. The final segment of today's show is our listener question. The listener question today comes from a person in Victoria and they ask, what do you think about swearing in the workplace? Well, <laughs> one funny experience I can talk to is when when we moved to London, <laughs> I realised as soon, coming from an Australian workplace, like an Australian architecture firm with a lot of men in it, the amount of swearing that Australian men do, even in a professional setting is exponentially higher than how (laughs) British people conduct themselves in the workplace. (laughs) (laughs) I realised when I started working in London, I think I dropped the F-bomb once or twice and people were, like, clutching their pearls. (laughs) People were like, oh, my. You know, people were, like, clutching their pearls that I said this fucking thing and that and they were like whoa and i and i noticed straight away and i was like oh sorry that's that's my that's my aussie mouth full of profanities and i realized particularly like men in senior management positions somehow i think in australia men talking to men or or just talking to anyone for some reason if you're in a sense of a powerful role or something you almost have this right to be able to swear if it's if you're really passionate about something or if you're really angry about something you can still drop mm. the f bombs just seen as being like passionate and and real whereas i think in the uk mm. i got there and it was seen as oh no <laughs> That was actually very rude and very unprofessional. And you didn't, even when there was like heated conversations between senior management in the office or even in a meeting, yeah, I never heard a swear word, basically, in my yeah, lo- in my London yeah. office. May- and maybe that was just isolated to <laughs> my office, but I generally noticed the professionalism in that traditional sense. What, it, what do you, how, do you, do you, do you drop the f bomb if you're in a in a workplace? Yeah, I'm very open with dropping swear words in at the workplace in the workplace. Probably hold back if I'm just starting with a new client, just to sort of feel things out a little bit. I probably wouldn't say fuck in an email, but I would say shit or shitty. I feel that's more acceptable in an email, uh, but it does make me think because. We have a three-month-old and my partner and I, we swear quite a bit in the home just when we are expressing ourselves and I think sometimes it's kind of a bit funny to swear. So then we started thinking, do we need to start limiting our swear words? Do we need to start not swearing in front of our child? And we had some friends visit the other day. They've got a a two-and-a-half-year-old and they just (laughs) alerted us to the fact that their two-and-a-half-year-old 
swears they like drop the f-bomb from time to time because he's overheard it so you know simple statements like hey where's dad and mum says he's in the shower little two-year-old responds with fuck (laughs) (laughs) which is hilarious but at the same time you think Okay, it's probably fine to do that at home, but when they go to daycare, are they going to get in trouble? Or are the other kids going to start swearing? Professionalism at daycare. (laughs) Right? Now, darling, you have to be professional when you go to daycare today and paint your pictures. (laughs) So, I don't know. I, I think swear words are just words, unless... They are slurs or they are bringing people down. You know, if you stub your toe and you say fuck, I just don't think there's anything that wrong with it. Yes. And so how do you tell a child about, like, how do you tell a child that it's okay to say fuck if you stub your toe, but you can't say fucking Serena wouldn't share her lunch? (laughs) (laughs) It's very challenging. And I think, yeah, it's it's also the way in which you use it. Whereas I don't think I'd ever, I don't think I've ever used a swearing in an email. But I definitely have said it, like, just in person in, at the office. Swear words, they're an interesting one. Let us know. Do you swear at work? Do you swear in emails? Do you swear to your children? Do your children swear? We would love to hear your stories on swearing in the workplace, at kindy and in the home. So team, our next episode is all about money, money, money. We are going to unpack how you negotiate your pay, what's reasonable, why the fuck aren't we being paid more, the gender pay gap, and the fact that the world is burning and just getting more expensive. Right. And what's the connection between inflation, interest rates, wages, and this potentially looming recession? We're also going to learn about how to set your hourly rate as a freelancer. So do you charge $30, $50, $100 an hour? We'll give you some nerdy formulas to work it out. Follow us on Instagram at WorkFeelsPod. LinkedIn, we just launched our LinkedIn. Just search WorkFeels. And if you have a work story, as always, we would love to hear it. Send us a DM or head to our website. I'm Edda. I'm Ryan. And this is WorkFeels. Feels.